I'm Jason Reed, and this is Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. And this is Bernard Fowler, our guest tonight. We're going to listen a Jason. This is my wingman Jason Reed. Say hey. And I'm Vicki Abelson and this is Game Changers. And uh, that song that uh, Frank Housen wrote and that Bernard sings is one of my favorite songs in the history of the world. And so much so that I use it as a theme song for The Road Taken. For, uh, yeah. I mean, oh my god, it rips my guts out every time. And, and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Bernard's got one of those voices that just, um, I, I listen to him all day today. And um, it's, it, it is a little, nobody wants to see me shaking it, but I was shaking it. He's got a song, Shake It. That, <laughs> wait, wait, so we're talking about it. So now I, I got to play a minute of it. Like, I'll, I'll play just a tiny bit of it. Oh, I'm looking at See You Again, which is my other favorite song of his. But listen to this. Shake I love him so much. Oh, okay, so I've been listening. So, and the thing is that he's multi-genre. Um, there, there, he did a reggae. Oh, he does this reggae version of "Can You Hear Me Knocking." Okay, so here's the thing about "Can You Hear Me Can't You Hear Me Knocking." Because when I was in high school, and it turns out that Bernard and I are both from Queens. Well, he's from Long Island City, oh, but yeah. but um, so we were not far from each other. But I was there a little before him. I'm a little older, oh, yeah. but. Um, the first time I heard Can't You Hear Me Knocking, I was in a store and it just came on the, on, on the sound system. And I ran up to the, the manager and I said, what song is that? I've never heard it before. And I didn't hear the, the, the beginning, which has the vocal. All I heard was the da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, the musical part, you don't want to hear me singing either. All I heard was the musical part, and it, did, it sounded like traffic to me. It didn't sound like, it did not sound like the Rolling Stones. I have never, Heard a Rolling Stone song that sounded like that, um, so I couldn't. I didn't know what it was, so I went to. You know, we had record stores in those days. I remember them. Do you remember those? Yeah. Yeah. We we used to go in and we used to be able to buy these things called records and singles and uh, and albums and these things that 
almost ceased to exist, which is a travesty. But in those days, you could go into your local record store and you could say, hey, I like this kind of music and they would recommend something else to you. Or I could say, I love this track and I was trying to sing it to the guy, but I can't sing and there were no lyrics. So I got nowhere and so it took a while until Pete Fornatel played it on NEW and announced what it was and then I heard the opening and knew that it was the Stones. And Bernard does a reggae version of it, which is crazy, on The Borough, which is his um, latest solo CD, which um, I have so many degrees of separation, like one degree from Bernard. I've been trying to get Bernard in my living room for eight years. There are other rooms that might be interesting as well, but that's another story. But anyway, I have been trying to get him into my living room. Look, my bracelets, God is smiting me. It is, it is Yom Kippur, it is, the, it is the end of the highest holy day, the day of atonement, and I'm making very bad, very bad cracks here. But um, not because they're salacious, just because they're not, they're not funny. But, um, but anyway, where was I going with this? I don't have the slightest I, 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 the, the two degrees of separation, I was going somewhere with that, and I just totally lost my train of thought. I mean, no, it doesn't go with the handcuffs. Yes, yeah, there's handcuffs on No, it's complicated. There are handcuffs on there. That's a whole other story. But, um, oh yeah, that's part of the same story. Maybe that's part of the same yet story. Yet more But anyway, I've been trying to get Bernard, that's what it is. I've been trying to get Bernard in my living room, and we have many mutual friends. So Frank Housen, I love you, Frank, is in Australia, kicking ass, his plays, his book is coming out, his play about Bobby Darren, his musical, thank you, that's wrong, but it's good. And uh, wrong is good, sometimes wrong is right. And um, anyway, Frank uh, had put Bernard in his film, um, um, Remembering Nigel, and also my friend, uh, our friend Jeff Craig, who I call JC, hi JC. And uh, Steve, Stephen Klinich, hi Stevie. We have many mutual friends. But, um, so as soon as uh, they enlightened me that I have known Bernard without knowing it for 30 years because I saw the Steel Wheels tour, his first Stones tour. Oh. I was there in New York. I saw him on stage kicking some ass. And I believe that the Uptown Horns were um, on that tour and Arno Hecht, I adore. Um, a lot of those guys played my jams back in New York, and we have so many more people in common because I've been booking Steve Postel. Oh, see, this is what we don't want with the speaker, so we'll turn that off now. I've been booking our mutual friend Steve Postel for 35 years, and um, when I was doing my book launch for Don't Jump, um, Steve put together this jam band for me, and Christina was at the event, yeah. and Steve and, and Danny Korchmar and all those great players great. were there. And we, he tried to get um, Bernard to, to be the vocalist at that gig, and but mm -hmm. Bernard couldn't because at the same time that my book was dropping, the borough was dropping, and he was playing everywhere. So he was a busy man. So so that didn't. So we had all these near misses. Plus, what's what's also crazy, is that. In, in also uh, in that same in 1989, see this is what we don't want. In 1989, uh, the same year that he joined the Stones, um, I started working at Ron Wood's club in New York called Woody's, and I was the promoter there and uh, and and the publicist and stuff and the booker and yeah did some nights there. So we have and Ron Wood. So we have all this stuff and yet we never met. And so eight years ago, I started working on him to get him in the living room to do Women Who Write. But you know, that whole 11 o'clock in the morning thing is a little bit of a deterrent 
for people that sing. I had to like, like beg Mickey Dolenz for about six <laughs> years before I got him in the living room. Everybody like, no, we're not doing, but then they do it and it ends up being okay. And as a matter of fact, I just wanna um, say that this coming Tuesday, Lori Lieberman, who wrote the poem which inspired Killing Me Softly, she did the first recording of it, which Roberta Flack heard and then made the hit from. Lori will be in the living room singing Killing Me Softly and a couple of her new songs. She's got, I think, 25 albums out. Also in the living room, Karel Tunador from the Goo Goo Dolls, and he'll be playing his original stuff. We've also got Keaton Simons, who is such a monster. His, his CD, Beautiful Pain, is beautiful and not painful at all, and he's written a ton of music for TV and films. He, he was the one who taught David Duchovny. I believe he schooled, mentored David Duchovny and was on David's album. And then we're also gonna have Mo Gaffney from Absolutely Fabulous, and that's this Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. It'll be live on Facebook and live in the living room. And if you're in town, music is meant to be appreciated live. So if you're anywhere in the area, right, how much better is it live, you guys? Way better. Spectacular. Ridic ridiculously yes. better. So, you know, today is the Day of Atonement. It is Yom Kippur, and Jason, I, I owe you an apology because I was really hard on you last week when you were introducing the show. And the thing was that you did it right, and I was wrong. And I did make an immediate amends. I don't understand this whole thing with a Day of Atonement that you apologize for everything you've done wrong all year. No! I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, I'm in recovery, and where I come from, as soon as we fuck up, we say we're sorry. As soon as we... I do, as soon as I've been taught to do that. And so I can go to sleep at night and put my head on the pillow and be okay, because for many years when I was using, that was not the case. Using, I was not sticking needles in my arm, I was smoking a lot of dope is what I was doing, but I haven't done that for almost 18 years, and that's a good thing. It's awesome. It's an awesome thing. So, so anyway, on the Day of Atonement, I was not feeling so wonderful yesterday when the holiday started. I was in kind of a crappy mood, and I was focused on the, the negative stuff in life rather than the positive. And I was feeling kind of sorry for myself. So I did what I've been taught to do and I worked it. I worked my program. So I prayed, I meditated, I went for a speed walk, put a note in my God can, made a couple of outreach calls. And then I got in my car and I drove across LA to speak at a meeting of the fellowship of which I belong. And I was of service and I felt like a completely different person at the end of that. And the universe decided to give me a little gift, which it always does. And as a matter of fact, I made the topic of the meeting, it works when I work it. And after I finished speaking and left the meeting, I ran into somebody who might be able to help us put this on another platform and uh, extend our reach and um, maybe uh, uh, put some of my articles up on, on his site. So. I felt like whether or not it happens, because we never know, it's an opportunity, but I felt like it was the universe speaking to me. And I, I just, my daily card, I have these cards I look at every day, and today's card said, if you let your dominant intention be to revise and improve the content of your story you tell every day of your life, it is an absolute promise to you that your life will become the ever-improving story. So my story today is, we are kicking some major ass. We're number one on whatever network we're on. And uh, we have millions of views. Bernard's next CD is number one on CD Baby and iTunes. And, um, you know, we're just happening. I am in true love with my perfect partner who is, we are having the best sex I've ever had in my life. The greatest connection. So much fun. So all of that's happening. So I asked you last week, you got, you, you got a man, something to manifest this week, Jason? 
I'm, I'm doing it to you again. You I'm are. going. I'm going to you, Christine. I'm giving you I'm time. I'm thinking already. All right. You are doing it to me again. All right. So I'm not, all right. I'm going to leave you guys alone. What I am going to What I am going to do is I want to say a shout out to Rick Smokey of Quick Impressions of Chicago, who is my printer, who has been my angel, who has supported women who write and game changers in the road taken since we started. I love this man. Um, he is philanthropic and generous beyond compare. I was telling Bernard before we started the show that he has never charged a musician for liner notes and CD covers. So when that new CD comes out, Bernard, he's your guy and he will do that for you happily. He's just a really, he loves music, he loves artists, he loves musicians, and he loves being a good guy. So support Rick Smokey of Quick Impressions of Chicago. The link is on my page and um, if you tell him that I sent you, he's going to be even better to you than he was going to be before. And his stuff is so great. I moved the tissue box, but he just makes all this, un he, he's just a wonderful printer. His people are fabulous. And I also want to give a shout out to my hairdresser, Nicole Venables of the Ruby Begonia Salon, who is a woman after my own heart, and she named her hairspray Fuck Off. I love her so much. Um, and uh, yeah, she does good work. So I think it's time. Is that what you're wearing now? Oh, fuck off, yes, yeah. I am wearing fuck off. <laughs> I'm, I'm always, I always have a little bit of fuck off, a little bit on me. Not always a little bit of just fuck a, off. Just a, just a touch of fuck off. Um, for fun. So um, before we bring Bernard, I, I just want to uh, take one more quick second and play uh, a little bit of what is now um, my current favorite song of his. Um, which is called See You Again, and it's on the borough. And uh, let's uh, play a little of this. I can't let you slip through my fingers. Of, of Seal, Kiss from the Rose. Doesn't that sound a little bit? I was bit thinking Marvin. Mar yeah, it, it, he's, Marvin. Got, mm. he's got a little bit of everybody and everything that he sings, and he's so Bernard at the same time, which is the best part of all. So, Jason, please help me welcome our guest. You know, I didn't, did I say anything about him? He's been with the Stones for 30 years. Did I tell you that? Do you need to know that? Does anybody Do not know that? Fill us in a little bit. Okay, he's played, he sang with Duran Duran, he sang with Bootsy Collins, he sang with Herbie Hancock. He, and I believe Herbie's the one who connected him to Mick, but we'll talk about that. Um, he's, he's sung with Michael Hutchins of In Excess. Um, and I want to hear about Michael, because he's an enigma to me. Um, he's sung with and toured with Steven Seagal, which is the thing I really want to hear about, because I don't understand this connection at all, but I really want to get him out here. So please help me welcome our guest, and Christina Guzman back there on camera. Our guest tonight is Bernard Fowler. Don't don't trip on your way in. It's a it's a danger zone. It is. Bernard, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, you got a really good hug. Hey, Bernard. All right, come. Let us sit. Let us talk. Bernard. Bernard, Bernard, Bernard. 
Hi, Vicky. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing? Okay, so I, I think I told you this before we went on the air, but um, I was told when I was first heard about you years ago that you were the sexiest man alive. Lies. And um, I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm good with that. You better watch out. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> okay, I am good with that. So, um, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, thank you. Thank whoever told you that. JC, uh, Jeff Craig. Tell him I said thank you very much. I appreciate it. You have your vibe. I, I've been watching your videos all day, listening to your music. So if I don't watch you when I listen, I, I don't even need to watch you because you are so sensual and so sexy when you sing. But to see you do it um, and then to, to watch you. I'm blushing. Can you see it? Can you see it? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm stealing his bling before he... He has so... His bling is so much better than mine. Um, so, Bernard, so tell me... Okay, so you're you're a kid in Long Island City. Exactly. Underneath the 59th Street Bridge. Okay, I was underneath the Long Island Expressway. Okay. Oh, yes, that's right. You're a Queens girl. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, it's funny. I always say, I just always sang. I think uh, when they spanked me, I was singing. <laughs> and uh, I always sang, uh, and I always went to church. Uh, uh. You know, my uh, grandmother was uh, a devout Christian woman, as well as my mom. And mm -hmm. my mom would send me to my grandmother's every, every summer. Where was your grandma? In North Carolina. Oh. And Raleigh. And, uh... So I guess I got a little bit of that, but I think uh, probably a lot of it came from the radio. My mom would make me take naps, mm. and uh, I would take a nap to the radio. No, no particular radio station. Oh, it really? was just whatever was on, and I think I absorbed it. Okay, I heard you sing a couple of standards. I heard you sing time after time with mm. Charlie. Oh, my My dad was a, a crooner. He was a, a, right. a singer. That's what he did. At, he sang in the Casco Mountains. Mm. Um, and so all those songs that I heard you sing, I, I heard you sing one with Ron, too. I'm trying to think of what it was. But, uh, ooh, something to your face. Um, mm, anyway, fantastic. Uh, so you know that music. Did you, you, you grew up with that music as well? I grew up hearing that music as well. Uh, I grew up hearing mostly, uh, mostly uh, blues, mm -hmm. gospel, soul, you know, uh, rock and roll. That's what I grew up listening to most of. Okay, so you're a little younger than you're you're younger than me. So you aren't. I'm I'm guessing you don't have a memory of the Beatles on Ed Sullivan because I barely do. I was. I young. do. Really? Well, uh, I have fun. Uh, I have fun memories of the Beatles. And the Stones, but uh, just real quick, you know, my mother, every September before school started, mm -hmm. we had to, you know, she would take us uh, school shopping. Oh, sure. Alexander's. Did you go to Alexander's? <laughs> In Regal Park. Hello. I worked at the McDonald's right down In the Rigo street. Park. <laughs> and every year, well, every year that I could remember, I would bug my mother to buy me Chelsea boots. Oh my God! I never have them. Oh, I think I, I think I drove her crazy with that. Ma, I want beetle boots. Did I want beetle boots. Nobody in my neighborhood wore beetle boots. We wore Playboys. We wore croquettes. I had to be the oddball. And uh, 
One year, yeah. I finally got that pair of Chelsea boots one year. How old were you? I wore them to death. I don't know, maybe eight or Oh, nine. when you were a kid. I was a kid. Oh, my. Okay, so now when the whole controversy, Stones or Beatles. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can't tell the truth here. But were you a Stones or a Beatles? Stones. You were? Right from the get-go? Right from the get-go. Yeah, you were Right rocking. from the get-go. Uh, this is uh, another story that I tell people, that I've told people. The very first record that my father ever handed me was Stones record. Oh, come on! It was a Stones LP, so for me to end up singing with the Stones is just amazing. Okay, so we're gonna get to how that happened. It was Herbie, right? Uh, well, I was singing with Herbie at that time. Oh, okay, he wasn't the one who made the introduction? No. Okay, we're gonna get to that story, because before we, okay, so are you singing in bands when you're a little kid? Are you singing in church? What are you doing? No, I'm on the basketball court. You're on the basketball court. I'm on the bed. I was a basketball fiend. And is that what you wanted to be when you grew up? That's exactly oh. what I wanted to be up until uh, up until someone introduced me to my first band. So when did that happen? Uh, it was about... How old was I? I think it was 14, 15. So more girls with the music and with the basketball. Uh, yeah, no? I didn't no, it wasn't about the girls. It, it was about, about the, the music. Girls. It was about the music. You know, you are. I didn't find out about the whole girl thing until after I got <laughs> in the band. I didn't know anything about that before. Okay, because we've had many musicians on the show and pretty much every one of them says that they started that way because that was the way to get the girls. But, oh, no. had I known, I'd have stopped playing ball a little bit years before. <laughs> I believe Mike Nesmith said that was the reason why he started to do music, which is hysterical. I've heard that before. Okay, so, all right, so so you, you get in a band, 14, 15, where are you guys playing? And what kind of music are you playing? Are you playing um, covers? We're playing covers, we're playing uh, Top 40. First of all, how I got into the band. Okay. Uh, I had been at a basketball game, we won the game. All right. So me and some of the guys were on the block drinking beer. Oh, you know, in New York, it was only 18 then, so we could get away with it at 14, well, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm out singing, and, uh, and uh, this guy walks over, and uh, he, was, uh, he was dating a friend of mine's sister, and he hears me singing, and he says, wow, man, you sing really good. You know, I, I play with the band, and we're looking for a singer. Would you come and audition? I'm like, yeah, okay. And I didn't go. Oh, stop! And uh, he would come, and I'd see him come to the neighborhood, and he said, hey, what happened to you? He came to my house, asked my mother where I was, so. I wait, wait, before you go on, do you know why you didn't go? Uh, I don't know why I didn't go. I, I don't know why I didn't go. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I ran into him. And he actually kind of cussed me out. He said, hey, man, uh, you know, I've been telling you about this audition. You said you're going to come. You're not going to come. You know, if you don't come this next time, fuck you. I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go. So I went and got the bus, went to Jamaica, Jamaica, Queens, and auditioned for this band. And a week later, mm -hmm. I was in one of the best recording studios in New York City. Yeah. A studio wow. by the studio called Media Sound. Wow. Media Sound on 57th Street. I was there a week after I got to this band. I was in there recording an album. That is crazy. Totally. And how did and, and did it get released and have a it life? It did get released. So we were we actually uh, we were signed. We were signed. I think we were the last the last 
band or the last act signed to Brunswick Records. I remember Brunswick Records. Wait, who, who did Brun Brunswick have? Jackie Wilson. Okay. Oh, oh God. So you auditioned, you auditioned for this band? And within a week. And within a week, I was in Media Sound recording an album. And what kind of music was it? Oh, you know, kind of R&B, uh, you know, I think uh, the whole disco thing might have been starting, mm -hmm. so R&B, you know, dance music kind of thing. And so... And I played trombone at the time. Oh, wow. I was Ooh. playing trombone in the orchestra, so I would, they would take me to, they take me to your college, to the jazz program, so I could work my chops up, so I could be part of the section. Oh, no, nice. You know, yeah. So, but you, so you get, you, did you give up, I would imagine trombone and singing are in conflict with what's going on with, no, you, no, it no, was good? No, it was good, and you know, actually, actually, trombone was the second instrument that I took up. The first instrument I took up was upright bass. Oh, wow. I've also played that in school, and my first gig ever was with the salsa band, Freddie Crespo. And we played in back of the community center. And there was a cat, there was a, there was a brother, my older brother's age who played bass. And I used to see him playing all the time. And I was like, wow, I really dig what he's doing. And so I played. I had a Rickenbacker and played for five minutes. <laughs> I love it. The bass is my favorite instrument. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so I get it. Stand up bass would have been way too unmanageable for me. But, mm. um, so and so, did you do you still play instruments, or do you do you not do that anymore? No, I fiddle. I don't play. I leave the I leave the real playing to the real players. I fiddle. Well, you have you have an instrument of your own that doesn't require any. <laughs> that doesn't require that. Oh, I'm um, I ha, I'm having it's the new year and I'm having bad thoughts. I have to, I have to clear my mind of the yes. bad thoughts because I'm going there. Um, I, I, there's another band that you were with. All right, wait, we're not there yet, but okay. I, I wanted to, there's a band that I was listening to today um, uh, with you that uh, I, I did not, I was not aware of before, and I have fallen madly in love with now. Nickel bag? I, I like Dick. Tackhead. Oh my God. I didn't know about Tackhead. I, I listened to like everything Tackhead today. Before it's time. Wow, is that what it was? Way before it's time. What year was that? That you guys were doing that. Oof, wow, that must have been. Uh, well, they were doing it before I got there. How I ended up mm -hmm. there was after, um, you know, I. What was the name of the band that got signed to Brunswick? That was called Total Eclipse. Total Eclipse. And, Total Eclipse. And you had one album? We did one album. And did you play well, out? We played out, you know, we pl look, I played every catering house in New York City. Lenny's a great man. Every <laughs> catering house in the tri-state area, I have played. Dinner dances, bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, you name it, I played it. Okay. I should have a plaque on some of those uh, <laughs> catering house walls. You know, um, there's a, do you know Jules Galley? I don't. Okay, Jules Galley's around now. He's he just turned twenty five. I'm I'm gonna turn you on to him. But he is a young singer songwriter coming up. He's a performer. He's fabulous. He's doing a wedding band, mm. and so he's doing a lot of what you're talking about. Mm. He's trying to become what hey. you what you what you have become. I mean, good place to learn your craft. Yeah. Every weekend, I mean, I was making money. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. Making money. 
So you could buy all the Beetle boots you want. Every weekend, you know, all weekend, you know, sometimes two, three gigs oh during my. the weekend, yeah. And how are you doing in school during all this? Are you still in school? No, I was still in school. Or I was just getting out of school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, uh, I uh, left high school, went to Queens College because they had a great music program. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys, everyone was always older than I was. You know, all my friends were always older than I was, and they were all part of the music program. So I thought I'd do the same thing. Right. And um, I was really I didn't have any money. And um, wait, you just said you were making money. Why yeah, didn't you have I any mean, money? I mean, I didn't have enough money. I didn't have enough money. Is there ever enough money? Yeah, and it just became a little taxing. So <laughs> I remember one day on the uh, I was on the train. Going back, going back to my mom's house on the train, and I said, you know, I need to do something. I need to do something. I remember praying. I'm holding on to the railing, and, and I, I'm praying, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna give this music thing a shot, you know. And I was like, God, if it's wrong, you'll let me know. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, I left school and I uh, started auditioning for bands. You know, I'd look in the paper and I'd say, oh, singing needed, blah, 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 blah. I would audition just for the experience. Is this, were you looking in the voice? What, in the village voice? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. I'm having a hard time believing that you auditioned for anybody and didn't get the gig. Um, I don't think I really wanted the gig. I wanted the experience more than anything. Mm. I just okay. wanted the experience. So, so you're auditioning, and then what? What's the first thing that breaks? First thing that breaks. Um, the first thing that breaks. Okay, so in this band, totally clips. Uh, you know, people are always coming and going. You know, joining uh, the band, leaving the band. So, you know, a friend of mine that you know at the time it was a friend of mine. He was a drummer. He was leaving the band, and he said, "Hey." He wanted to introduce me to some other players uh, in the city, and you know, put together. Okay, so we, he introduces me to these guys, and uh, we formed a band that we were we we called ourselves Snatch at the time. <laughs> That's my kind of band. Not a, you know, not a very good name at the time. So they, uh, they're like, you need to change the name, and then we. Uh, we went and found, you know, we found management. Carolyn and Daia Ali, who, uh, what is his name? Um, Benny, Benny Ashburn. Benny Ashburn was the manager of the Commodores. Oh, wow. Yes, and they worked, they worked with him. Uh -huh. So we thought we were in good hands and we hung in there for a while. And then, um, anyway. Yeah. Snatch, <laughs> Snatch. Later Very became, popular with your mother and grandmother, I bet. Yeah, well, I don't think they knew it, but that slang was at the time. But that that band became Thank you so much. became I'm the, the, the I know you're having allergies. Yeah, the first band that yeah. I had any success with. Oh. Uh, the first band that I had a hit with was called the New York City Peach Boys. The New York City Peach Boys, and um, we were also the first band, I think. Uh, Peach to, and Snatch, it kind of yeah. is a And we spell Peach, P-E-E-C-H. <laughs> and I think uh, uh, we were the first band to have a 
disc jockey part of the band, part of the band. Um, wow. a, a DJ by the name of um, uh, if all DJs don't know him, they should because it's because of him that DJs are the celebrities that they are. Wait a minute. His name was uh, Larry Levan, and Larry Levan was the DJ uh, at the Paradise Garage wow. in New York City. Uh -huh. So, uh, so a live DJ, not as opposed to radio DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Larry yeah. was a live DJ, uh -huh. and uh, he. Uh, he was responsible for the Peach Boys. For the Peach Boys. He was responsible. Now, were the Peach, for the Peach Boys, Boys sort of a little bit of a play on the Beach Boys, or no? No, we no. had they, that wasn't even a thought. <laughs> but you know what? They thought it was because oh. when the rec the record hit and right. the record hit big, it was you know I couldn't walk out of my house without him. Okay, now wait a minute. I gotta find uh, it. The Peach Boys. Wait, the wait. Well, let me tell you what happened. Okay. So the Beach Boys got wind of this thing. I, I'm, I mean, it was a really big record because I even remember seeing um, what is it, American Bandstand. You know yeah. how they have the reviews where they, you know, review this record and people are like, is it good or is it not? You know, I mean, we, I saw it on there. Right. And uh, like I said, it was playing. It was the record was hot. There were two records. There was okay. one called the "Don't Make Me Wait," and the other one was called "Life Is Something Special." Those were the two big records from the Peach Boys. And the Beach Boys, I guess, got wind of it. They sent their lawyers after. Oh us. come on! Yeah, they did. They sent their Peach lawyers. Peach is not Beach. You can't do anything. They sent their lawyers after us, so we had so we had to change the name oh. instead of. The Peach Boys, we called it the New York City Peach Boys. Oh my God. All right, wait. I'm going to see if I can find the New York City Peach Boys while you're talking. And Stevie was, Kalinich is on here, by the way. He was, was also, part of the Beach Boys, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And also, yeah. uh, that, uh, let's see, uh, those records, those records were, uh, I think they were the first a cappella records. Really? As well. Yeah, because Larry was a DJ, so he wanted to mix. He wanted to mix my voice with, you know, other other stuff that he was spinning in the club. Okay. And so, and uh, till so this he, day, he was the first one to do. What is that called? A mashup? Mixing, mix yeah, mixing, yeah, yeah. mashup now. But yeah. Peach Boys. All right, all right. Wait a minute. We're, we're, we're gonna hear a little bit of life is something special if I can make this happen. Mm -hmm. um, Without screwing it up too much, let's see. Well, there are so many versions of the song. I'm not sure if this is the. Right one. This is a whole story. It just says Peach Boys on the label. I don't. I don't know if that is that's a real label. Oh really? <laughs> I don't know. Life is something special. I don't know. Acapella, and then there's the acapella version. Is mm. the flip side, but we're not hearing that one. All right, we need some vocals here. That's fantastic. So that had to be 
That had disco it had to be what eighty-ish. Eighty-ish, eighty-six, seven. Uh, oh I'm yeah. Bad with the, yeah, early eighties is yeah, disco. Yeah. I'm thinking. So okay, so, so you're with the Peach Boys. So I'm with the Peach Boys. We have these two hit records, and and the Peach Boys. There's just all kind of turmoil. Oh. I always say. Hmm. You know, uh, keeping a band together is probably the hardest thing to do in rock and roll. Keeping the band together. And yet you've been with a band that's been together for... They figured it out. Okay, and you're going to tell us the secret. Because they, they figured it out. How, how did they figure it out? I think they realized that their band is bigger than either one of them solo. So, he, so, they, they, so, they, so they so they leave the ego at the door. Hey, I mean, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's known, you know, that you know, MJ and KR were, you know, they yeah. were bumping heads, and as a matter of fact, when I started working with them, they were in the middle of bumping heads. So, but I think they figured out that you know the Rolling Stones is bigger than either one of them. Well, it's bigger than anything on the universe, is what it is. It's the greatest rock and roll band. Of all time. So, so, huh, all right, so the Peach Boys are not having that. Well, no, the Peach That's Boys, you know, when, 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 when people start seeing money, people mm. get funny. Mm. And they got I like funny. that. <laughs> they got funny, and mm -hmm. I saw it getting funny, and I started doling the rope out. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna give them enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> and just so happened around that time, I met producer Bill Laswell. Mm -hmm. Bill Laswell, uh, Bill Laswell produced Herbie Hancock Rocket, the Future Shock album. But before that, he, I met him and he asked me to sing a song with his his project called mm -hmm. Material. It was Bill Laswell and Michael Beinhorn. Mm -hmm. I sang the song, I guess because of the Peach Boys was playing so much, you know, that song started to play and Peach Boys got upset. Oh. And it was like, oh, I just kept getting the rope and, it, and you, you took it. So Bill Aswell called me and asked me to come and sing for Herbie Hancock. Oh, God. How old are you when this is going on? You're a kid. I was a kid, about 19 or whatever, and I was like, well, you know, I knew I had this this contract, but I wasn't going to let that get in the way. And you had a they, contract with the Peach Boys? Yes. Ah. And I wasn't going to let that get in the way because mm -hmm. they were stealing from me and oh, they knew. The money got funny. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So I said, you know what? I said, sure. So I went and sung uh, on the Future Shock album. I sung, and I did a, this is like also. Like, did you grow up with Herbie Hancock? I mean, was, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. There's a, after I finish this story, I got to tell you this story. But um, <laughs> so the Future Shock record comes out. Bill Laswell calls me and says, hey, man, you want to go on the road with Herbie? Oh, God. <laughs> Just what I needed oh. to get away from the Peach Boys. But how did you break your contract? I just walked. Really? I walked. Well, actually, on the record, on the record, I wouldn't use my name. I didn't use my name. I used like a pseudonym. I called myself Norris Knight. Why'd you do that? Did you know? Did you suspect the shit was going down? I, so I suspect that they would try to come after me. Oh, So I did that. Whoa. 
I did that, and now I'm singing, you know, I'm, I'm lead singer in Herbie Hancock's That band. is unbelievable, and you're like 19 years old. Yeah, it's and, crazy. and then the Pete's Boys tried to come after me, yeah. and, uh, you know. But you were nice, somebody. And, was, <laughs> and, uh, and it was like, you know, well, they threatened and oh. threatened, and I was yeah. like, you know what? If, the, if you're the last band on earth, I'm not coming back. Wow. I'm not coming back. That's how much damage. Mm. And it didn't just damage me. It damaged every, all the all the guys in the band were damaged behind that, that situation. So I uh, had a really successful run with Herbie Hancock. And then... How long were you with Herbie? Uh, I was with Herbie, I would say about two, two and a half years. And, and, uh, and you guys are playing like huge venues. Yeah, obviously. we're touring at the Rock. Herbie's got, you know, the biggest record in the country. That's the, high, you know? that's the height of his fame. That's right. We we were on the, uh, we did the Grammys and, oh, yeah. you know, he got, I think he won his first Grammy. Holy. And, uh, oh, and what, what is your mama and your grandma, what, what do they think? Now, were they upset when you left school? Yes. Yeah. My mom was. Okay, mom so was now you leave school, but now you're on the Grammy Awards with Herbie Hancock. Has she forgiven you? She's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting these here. She's smiling. So, so uh, as I'm singing with Herbie Hancock, I, I, have a, I have a break. I have a break from the tour. Yeah. I have a 10-day break. Mm -hmm. I leave the tour. I walk into my apartment that I had just, that I just got before I went on tour. So I walk in, the telephone rings, I pick it up. It's Bill Laswell. Hey, Bernard. Hey, Bill, how you doing, man? What are you doing? I said, I just walked in the house, man. Yeah, well, uh, what are you doing? I said, I just walked in the house. He says, go to the airport. I said, no, you don't understand. I just walked into my apartment. He said, okay, go back to the airport. There's a ticket there. I said, are you serious? He says, yeah, go to the airport. There's a ticket there for you. Click. I called a taxi. I didn't need I didn't you know even pack. You didn't even ask him where you're going. I didn't. I didn't. You really didn't. I didn't. That's how much I trusted. Wow. So I picked up my suitcase, took it back downstairs, got in the cab. You were already packed. I was already packed. <laughs> I said to the lady, hi, uh, do you have a ticket for me? Uh, my name is Bernard. She says, where are you going? I said, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> she, she said, you don't know where you're going. Do you have a passport? I said, yeah, I have a passport. Let me see your passport. She said, you're going to London. I go to London. Bill picks me up takes me on a ride through London. We stop, we pick up a journalist, we do an interview, and he picked me up in a great big black Bentley. Oh. The biggest and flashiest car I've ever seen, so I'm thinking, what's Bill doing? <laughs> and he, he never told me. We talked about music, da, da, da. You're still not asking him why you're there. Oh my God. So he's, you know, we're everything. just talking about music. Yeah. We're talking about music, and then we pull up to our house, we walk up, and he rings the bell, big black dude says, hi, Bill. And Bill says, hey, Carl, what's up, man? And he lets us in, and he says, he says, he's in there. I'm like, oh, he's in there. Who the fuck is he? And you're still not, <laughs> you know nothing. I know nothing. So Jesus. Bill walks in the room. I walk in after him. There's a guy sitting on the floor. I can see his back with the guitar. Bill walks in and says, you know, Bill's kind of, you know, mellow. His mm -hmm. brother says, Hey man, this is the guy I've been telling you about. This is Bernard Fowler. And he leaves the room. Oh, and, and you the, don't even know you're The with. guy turns around and looks, and it's Mick. Whoa. It was funny. I'm, Stop! I'm in shock. No. I'm, 
I'm like, what the fuck is Bill doing? What has he done to me? Oh my god. And he invites me on the floor. He's strumming. We're humming. And he gives me a cassette. And the next day, he says, listen to this. We go to the studio tomorrow. And I had, I bought with me a, a multi track cassette recorder, a Fox Cassette. In the old days, we had cassette. Is this She's the Boss? That's right. So I go to my room, I listen to the songs, and I do all these voice arrangements and stuff. So Wait, now, when you're sitting on the floor with him and you're humming and strumming, <laughs> what are you humming that he is giving you this gig just from humming and strumming? Wait, you have a tissue. Yeah, we're, we're well, what are you humming and You have to be doing something pretty damn impressive for him to be giving you the gig. You know. weren't just humming. We were, well, you had to be singing. I was singing. I was singing, Why you, know, tissue you know, stuff yeah. that... Like what? It was stuff that uh, he not was, stone stuff. Mm -mm, no. it was stuff for his for his uh, oh, for the album. first solo project. And so then, you're doing it on the fly, on the fly, on the, fly, on the floor. You know, on the fly. <laughs> I'm not, I don't I don't remember what all we were singing. I just remember him playing mm -hmm. and we were singing. And then he gives me a cassette. I go to my room. And you're 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 having instant harmony with Mick Jagger. <sighs> yes. I guess he just wanted to see what it. The what mix? It felt, yeah, mm -hmm. what it felt like. So when we got to the studio the next day, he says, uh, oh, you know, we're going to work on this song. And I said, well, before we do that, here, listen to what I did last night. And I gave him the, uh, cassette. the cassette recorder. And he listened and he looked at me and he said, you did all of this last night after you left me? I said, yeah. He said, okay, I guess this is what we're going to do. So I went in and, <laughs> you know, the stuff that so I So you did your own before. sort of yeah. vocal arrangement? Yeah. And uh, that was that, and you know, I did, you know, that record. Then I didn't see him for, I didn't see him for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then, how how did you get invited to uh, to do the Steel Wheels tour? Well, uh, before the Steel Wheels tour, oh. I was invited to go on the road and do his solo tour. He was doing a solo tour, and it's funny because. You know, New York as big as it is, is as small as it is. So um, people are coming, hey man, I hear Mick Jagger's, you know, uh, in town looking for a male singer. You know, I, have, I said, I don't know anything about it. I just happened to be in SIR mm. with Carmine Rojas. I love Carmine. Yes, Carmine Rojas. I always say Carmine's responsible for me singing with the Rolling Stones because, wow. um, you know, I was walking out of the room to go to the bathroom and I see this big group of people and I look and I see Mick and I'm like, hey Mick, how you doing? And he just kind of looked at me and kept walking. He didn't remember you? <laughs> I don't know whether he remembered or not, but it, it hurt my feelings. Yeah. So I go back to my room uh -huh. and I say, listen you guys, man, I just walked out and I saw Mick and he got like he fucking didn't know who I was. And Carmine's, and so we're playing and then some girl comes in with a cassette and she says is that Bernard Fowler in here I said well I'm Bernard Fowler she says well I don't know if you know but Mick Jagger is looking for a male uh, male uh, uh, singer to go on tour and she gives me a cassette of four songs and she leaves the room and I said audition I did his first album. What is this audition? I said, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go in there and audition. I said, fuck that. Bernard Fowler says, no, I will not audition for Mick Jagger. And Carmine, and Carmine 
grabs me by the arm and takes me over to the side and he says, whether you do the gig or not, go do the fucking audition. You better go do that audition. Smart man. I was like, okay. What so, sign are you that you're so bullheaded? I'm not bullheaded. What, what sign are you? When's your birthday? Capricorn, January 2nd. So I went to bathroom, learned four songs, and I go into the room where, the big room where they are. Uh -huh. And I walk in the room, and like I said, I guess they'd been looking for somebody for like a week or two, mm. whatever it was. So mm -hmm. I walk in the room, and some one of the guys stands there, and he looks at me like this, and he says, he looks at me like, here we go again. And he looks at me and he says, are you ready? And that just pissed me off so bad. And I said to myself, I said, I'm going to show my ass. And I had to sing four Rolling Stones songs. And I was spitting fire. I was spitting fire. So after the audition, I left, went back to the room. That same girl came back in and says, uh, uh oh, He'd like to know when you could start, you know, when you, if you could come to rehearsal. And I said, nope, I can't. Oh, I, said, I, I can't even listen to this story. I'm getting so said, upset. No. And she says, oh, well, when can you? And I said, well, I said, after I come back from doing my dates with what I'm doing, you know, I was rehearsing to go to the South of Brent. With who? With, with Carmine? Uh, Carmine, mm -hmm. uh, I can't think of it. You're not going with Bowie. This is not. No, 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 no. This yeah. is just, this is like an all-star band. Okay. And uh, and uh, I said, well, you know, after I come over, when will that be? I said, you know, in like 10 days, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And she went out, came right back and said, okay, we'll see you in 10 days. And I was like, wow. Bernard cool. tells Jagger when he's going to show up for the gig. I'm loving this. And uh, I got the gig. And so I did the solo tour with him. Mm -hmm. And, um. Again, years had passed, and then uh, uh, I, I was uh, I was in London. I was, you know, kind of living in London with Tackhead. Oh, oh God, do I love them! And uh, I got a I got a call. Are Tackhead big in London? Uh, bigger than than they were here. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, like I said, it was so far ahead of its time. Tackhead was, mm -hmm. you know, Keith LeBlanc. Doug Wimbish and Skip McDonald. That was the band, along with Adrian Sherwood, who's a DJ producer. And they were doing things before I got there. Mm. So, um, you know. Now, and after Herbie, excuse me, when, when did all this other stuff that you were doing, like Duran Duran and Michael Hutchins, and when was all that stuff going on? Oh, that was, you know. Like while you were doing. Okay. I mean, Duran Duran was a lot, a lot, lot earlier than Michael Hutchins. I mm -hmm. mean, I had met Michael. I met Michael when I did the uh, Jagger solo tour. Mm -hmm. I met him the first time, and it was weird. What What was he? Was What was he when you were just people sitting around? He was awesome. He was the sweetest, mm. the sweetest cat. Mm. He was a sweetheart, just mellow, you know. And I would run into him in the weirdest places, in studios here, studios there, mm. and you know, we we always had a friendly rapport. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the last, the last, the last gig, Michael ever did was with me at the Viper Room. Oh, stop. 
a week after he played with me at the Viper Room, he, had, he died. Oh my God, I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Wow, that's mm -hmm. very sobering. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was for all of us. Mm -hmm. For all of us. So I, uh, I sang with him live that night. We went to my hotel room and we learned a bunch of songs. Me, Stevie Salas, Danny Saba, Adam Duras from Counting Crows, uh, Carmine mm -hmm. was there, and Michael, we were all in my hotel room cramming down these songs wow. to play at the Viper Room. Wow. Uh, and it, it was fun, and, uh, and you know, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, Michael was in the middle of recording some stuff with Danny Sabre, mm -hmm. and um, he didn't get to finish it all, mm -hmm. so uh, they asked me if I would come and finish the vocal stuff that he wow. wasn't there to do. Wow. Mm. Um, okay, so let's get back to Mick. So, 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 okay, so, okay, so I do Mick's solo thing. Years pass. And now, how, wait, how's your rapport with Mick? Like, he dissed you, awesome. kind of. It's awesome. Mick. What's he like? What's he like to you? What, 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 what's that? Well, now, I mean, we're. Not now, back then. Back then, you know, he's just trying to figure it out. It's, it's fucking. It's Mick Jagger. It's Mick Jagger, <laughs> exactly. Listen, the first time I saw Mick, the Stones, little Stevie Wonder opened for them at the Garden, right. 1970. Wow. Wow. Two? Yes, wow. that's the first time I wow. saw Mick. And you know, it's funny. I, I actually met Mick at the Paradise Garage. Because everybody used to go to the Paradise Garage to hear what records were the new stuff. Wow. You know, Larry wasn't just a DJ. Larry was also um, remixing. Uh-huh. Remixing for labels. He was the, he was the first celebrity That's crazy. DJ. He's the first celebrity DJ. So I met Mick then. So, you know, I'm still, tr you know, trying to feel Mick and, you know. Like, are you shy in front? Him. Like, do you feel, like, is it weird being yes, there? Yes, it is. It's been there. It's been did he ever realize that was you coming to say hi to him? And he didn't I, say I, you know what? I've never asked him. Really? I've never asked him if he if he knew that was me. Mm. Or uh huh. I've never asked him, but you know, mm. you know, Mick can be a little tricky. A little tricky because I mean, tricky. there would you know there would be times like when I was singing with him, some of the girls, you know, Mick. Mick would walk in and go right to the microphone, let's go to work. He wouldn't say hello to anyone. Is that so? Yeah, and a lot of the girls would get upset mm -hmm. and like, he wouldn't speak to me. And I have to tell him, listen, <laughs> that's just the way he is. Don't take it personal. Mm -hmm. Don't take it personal or you'll, you know, you'll personali personalize you yourself, yourself right out the door. <laughs> now, is he different after a show? Or is he still that way? Well, Mick's... Well, from the t first time I met him to now, he's he's different. He mm -hmm. doesn't. He's he says hello when he walks in the room. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> but yeah, he's been humbled by the years, by fatherhood, by life, by being a human on the planet, and all that stuff. Right? I, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> but so I did this, and then I like I said, years went by. I didn't see him, mm -hmm. and then uh, I got a call when I was doing Tekken, and he's like. Bernard, uh, you know, the Stones are doing a record for the first time in like nine years or something, and I'd really like it if you could come by, give me a hand, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure, where are you, you know, I went by. And so I'm in, I'm there at the studio, and 
He says, I need some, you know, some things for this song, this song. So I went in and I started recording some ideas. And so you're, you're doing your vocal arrangements for the most part. Yeah. I love that. So as I'm doing that, one by one, the stones come walking in. Oh, one by one. And I'm, every time one comes in, I say, oh, shit. <laughs> so... You know, then uh, Mick says, you know, well, I think those are good ideas. Why don't you, you know, do it? So I said, okay, well, let's do it. And uh, as we started, and uh, I said, you know what? I said, stop. I said, stop the tape. And so it's going good. What's wrong? I said, I'm happy to do this. But if I do this, it's going to sound like me. I said, maybe some of you guys want to come in and sing with me. Oh, my God. So it gets quiet. And he says, okay, Ronnie and Keith are going to come and sing with you. So <laughs> we'll show them the parts and we're singing together. And then we go back in to listen to the playback. I love telling this story. And I can feel heat on the side of my face. And I'm like, oh. And I look, and Keith is looking at me like this. <laughs> and I don't want to say anything. I'm like, but then finally, I said to myself, Damn, he's staring at me so hard. I gotta say something to this cat. So I said, Hey man, I said, Hey man, is something wrong? He said, No, nothing's wrong. I said, Are you sure you keep staring at me, man? I said, You sure? I said, You sure nothing's wrong? He said, Nothing's wrong. And this is when him and Mick were having, and he says, Oh, that's the first thing he said. I didn't want to like you. I said, oh. I said, why, man? I said, I said, why, man? I said, I said, I'm cool. He said, well, I thought you were one of Mick's boys. He says, I know you're cool. He said, I spoke to Steve Jordan. Steve Jordan told me you were cool. We were, and when we've been cool ever since. That is, wow. and you've done, you've done solo, you've done like everybody's solo albums with them, haven't you? Um, we, we I've have done, I've done, I've done, I've done Keith's, yeah. I've done, well, I've Ron. done Mix, I produced and wrote. With Ron, you Two wrote, albums yeah. with Ronnie. Wow. I've uh, sang on two or three records with Charlie. I know the standards, the, the standard yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Which I absolutely love. Which is fantastic. Uh, which is one of, you know, one of the uh, best things I've done it's, musically. It's, it's beautiful. I really love that. And that was Charlie. You know, Charlie took me out of my comfort zone, and mm. I'm, I'm grateful that he did. Mm. It's been quite a so. Okay, so tell me what it's like. The first show, the first tour, you're going out on stage with a fucking rolling stones. I can only imagine that it was a stadium. Yes, it was in Philadelphia. Okay, and so. And I'm buzzing. So tell and me I'm what I'm buzzing. <laughs> Adrenaline's pumping. You know, I know all my parts. I know what I got to do. But it's funny because when I, well, I still do it now, but especially then, I'd get caught up watching the show. 
Oh. <laughs> I still do, actually. Really? I, sometimes I'll miss a cue watching the show. Wow. So here we go. <laughs> and then, boop. The power goes out. On your first Whoa. show? First show. My first show, the power goes out. Oh my God. First show, the power went out. And I'm, in the first song? In the first song, first show, the power goes out. Oh my God. And, you know, the pros that they are, you know, you know, playing through it for a minute. Then, you know, everybody, we're all looking at each other on stage and it's like, we can't keep going. You know, there's, there's no sound. So we stopped. Waited for a little while, and then the power came back on. We went to the next song and completed the show. But for the rest of that tour, we never played that song again. You didn't play Shattered? We did not play that song. Was that bad luck? Right. Maybe they took it as such, but we did not play again. We didn't play the So song. what ended up being the first song? I don't remember. I don't either. I saw the, sh I saw the, sh I saw the tour. So, okay, so now, so now you're singing. For the first time on this stadium with the Stones, mm. and you're looking out at that. Mm. You're looking, at, and and they have to get love like nobody in the world gets oh, love. Oh, they're still getting love like so, nobody. Yeah. So so, what is it like when you're standing behind and you're watching Mick do the strut from behind him? What 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 is that? Is that completely surreal? It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, I, I mean, it's hard to put it into words what that's like. You know, I, I'm obviously, you know, after 30 years, I'm a lot more comfortable with it. But, mm -hmm. you know, anytime I'm doing a show, even when I'm doing my own shows, I am nervous a little bit mm -hmm. until I open my mouth. Mm -hmm. Once I open my mouth, it starts to settle. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the same thing now. But, you know, I, like I said uh, just a little while ago, I still get caught up watching them mm -hmm. do their thing. It's like, damn, I got the best seat now. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, look at him go. And you know, I become part of Jesus. I'm like, go ahead, Mick, go ahead, do your thing. Do that thing. Oh my God. And then you're, you're trading licks with him, you're singing with him, and you're singing, and Keith is coming over and playing oh, to you. Yeah. And oh my God, this is craziness. It, it, it's incredible. Uh, it, it is a blessing. It's a blessing like no, like no other. Okay, so thirty years, and they and they've kept it together. So, so okay, so they know. They, so they well, get thirty years. I'm there. Yeah, they're, they're together. They're almost fifty. 50. Right, fifty. Yeah. So, so they know that the Rolling Stones is bigger than than Keith or Mick. Mm. But like, when it starts to get, do they know to just separate when it starts to get hot? What do they do? What's the secret? What do they do? They say what they have to say, I guess, mm -hmm. and then you know. And it goes away. So they're not the best of friends. They are the best of they friends. They are the best Look, of friends. They can, they can, <laughs> they can do it to each other, but you better not try to do it to either one of them. They're the biggest mm. de defenders. Oh hell yeah. Uh -huh. Oh hell yeah. Mm. No, I, I when you know when that stuff was going on, it was like that's none of my business. Mm -hmm. Let them do their thing. You know, it's was, funny. Was it creative differences that they were having mostly, or 
You know what? I couldn't tell you what they all were. Okay. I couldn't tell you what they all were, but I remember, I remember having somebody scream at me, somebody that had been working with them longer than I had. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, I I had no argument with them, so, you know, I'd go and have dinner with Mick, and then, you know, or maybe the next day I'd go have dinner with Keith, but, you know, some people, some people decided that they would take sides. Oh. And I never took sides. It's not my place to take mm -hmm. sides. Mm -hmm. And I remember somebody yelling at me in that catering one day and said, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. <laughs> Nobody has a relationship with both of them. Oh. You're either with it. It's like, that's your problem. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And what about like Charlie and Ronnie? Like, where do they sit in all this? Oh, they just stay out of yeah, it? Yeah, Come on, they've been around a whole lot longer than me. It's like, I guess they're like, well, let them do their thing. It'll, they don't get involved in it at all. It'll fix itself. Yeah. It'll get fixed. Yeah. And so it, so something like he did could be happening, but they get on that stage and they're, they're just who they are. And they're professional. That's right. And they do what they're there to do. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. greatest rock and roll band. They are mm -hmm. the world's greatest rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you are a part of the world's greatest rock and roll band, a big part, and that's just... A blessing for sure. That is, uh, and so I believe that you manifested that for yourself. Mm. You, uh... Yeah, I think, uh, well, my dad helped me manifest that record. It. Yeah, that record, because I played the shit out of that record. <laughs> I played the shit out of that record. And then deciding that you're going to quit school and you're going to do music and God's going to give you a sign. And, and it's funny, I, like I said, I met, I met Mick at the Paradise Garage. And, you know, when I, when I left school, I was working for a, a bottle making company, you know, like they made, they designed bottles for, you know, perfume companies and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I had a bottle that I had to deliver to the city and it was during lunchtime and I stopped in a in a deli, I saw a limousine, so I walked in the deli, I ordered my sandwich, and I looked, and there was Keith, and I was like, I was listening to Tattoo You on my, <laughs> my Walkman, and I remember, Walkman, you know, I got my sandwich, and I walked out, and I was like, damn, I gotta say something to this guy, so I walked back to the deli, and waited for him to come out, and yelled something out, he said, thanks, little brother, and jumped into his car, and took off. Did you ever tell him that story? I have told him that story. Oh, shit. Um, was so was Keith ever full of himself? Because he doesn't strike me as that way. Mm. When you say full of, the I mean, was he was he ever the type that would walk in and not say hello? Mm. No, that's I can't say that yeah. has ever happened. Mm -hmm. And and Ronnie and Charlie just, uh, you know, sweetest cats you ever want to meet. Mm -hmm. I mean, not a bad bone in their bodies. That's a that's a really nice thing to hear. Not a bad bone in their bodies. And what so what was life is life on the road different with them? I'm assuming it's different now than it was 30 years ago. Mm. Was the craziness going on 30 years ago with the groupies and the scene and the stuff backstage and? I don't know. I you know once the show was over, I'd go to my hotel room and really? just you, you weren't know, part of it. No, I wasn't part of any. 
<laughs> He's smiling and he won't look at me. He's so lying. <laughs> you are, you're on stage with Mick Jagger. You're getting it from I'm and you are like, any of Yeah, that. my ass, you're not part of any of the You have to wait for the book. <laughs> And speaking of books, Keith wrote quite a book. Holy, yes, yeah, he's, he's a you know, it's funny. Man. I went to the on. I told you I went to the gym today. Yeah. So I walk into the gym, you know, put my stuff down, and I look in the guy. And the guy that trains me, I look mm -hmm. and guess what he's reading. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's a great book, and he's a he's a wonderful writer, and he's actually like kind of a genius, which mm. uh, surprised me. Mad genius. Um. Yeah. That's mad genius. Yes. So are you gonna write a book? Yes, I will. I like it. I, I wrote a book. It's, yes, a good, it's, a, it's a good thing. Writing a book is I will, a good thing. I will write a book. That's excellent. I will write a book. And so, okay, so you write music. So how did you discover that you were a songwriter? What, what's, how did that happen for you? I, it just happened. I needed... I needed songs. I needed songs. Because? Because I wanted to make records. You wanted to make your own records. I wanted to make my own records. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you don't know if you can write a song until you actually write. What's the first? Do you? What's the first song you wrote? The first song that I wrote. Um, can you? Will you sing a little for me? I can't even think of what it was. What oh. it was. Oh come on! The first song that I wrote. Yeah. Probably a, probably a love song or something, but the first songs, you know, the Peach Boy stuff. I, you know, I wrote those and. And it's funny how, how those songs came along under the gun. They were in the Peach Boys were in the studio recording. Mm -hmm. I went to the loft where we were all living on 30th Street. Nobody was there. I'm like, Where's oh, they're at the uh, they're at so and so studio and said, if you come by, you should go by. And I go by and the music's playing and they're like I'm like, yeah, thanks for telling me. <laughs> they're like, well, you know, here's the track, you know, we need something. So I just walked into the studio. I walked in, put the headphones on, stood in front of the microphone, and just did it. I didn't sit and write paper. I just I sang me. to the to the track and You sang to the track with no lyrics written down. Mm -mm. And then they were recording it, so you just learned them from that. I did it one oh take. Oh my God. It, what? Mm. In one take. In one take. And, and which song was that? That was uh, Life is Something Special, the one that you were playing. You came up with that? Did you come up with... Oh my God. Mm. So, okay, so um, the New York, uh, a New York Minute um, oh, New, York New York Times. New York Times. I miss New York Times. New York Times. Oh. That's my favorite. I, I was listening to that. I, wa I watched that video like four times today. Mm. I could relate to it because I miss New York Times when I'm not, mm -hmm. right? All the time. It's funny. Let me tell you something about that song. So I was here and I thought, you know what? I need to make a record. You know. Um, so. You know, as, as being a little uh, picky and particular about who I would, you know, write songs with, and uh, I've been a big fan of uh, Steve Lukather, a uh, guitar player from Toto. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, uh, my friends uh, Lee and Rick Bench that 
you know, they own the Steakhouse recording studio where I do most of my recording. They had introduced me to him. And so I called him and I uh, told him, you know, asked him if we could get together and do some writing and, you know, it was cool. So we went by, uh, we were, we had, it ended up being myself, Steve, and Phil Susan. Mm -hmm. Phil Susan, I think he's played with, uh, he's played with a lot of people, Ozzy, mm -hmm. et cetera. And uh, so we were at Phil's house and, you know, writing and, you know, I'm writing and, and I'm figuring this is straight up rock and roll. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I had this, I had the title, New York Times. And oh, this you wrote with them? Oh, yes. oh, oh okay. And then, uh, so I started to pen, you know, just sketch the outline of the thing. And then the next, maybe next day or day after that, I actually went in and actually did the actual recording. Mm -hmm. That was the day before 9-11. The next morning, I woke up to that. I was on my way to get on the 727. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was quite the day. Oh, yes, it was. Wow, so uh, the whole New York time kind of took on a whole new mm -hmm. meaning from yeah, that. It um, yeah, it did. Uh, so that was your first solo, that was on your first solo album? That was on my first solo record. I mean, uh, you know, I've done a lot of records, uh, you know, as you said, Tackhead. Right, right, know. and that was your that was your stuff. Right, and uh, after Tackhead, uh, after the, after ta it was uh, Nickel Bag, mm -hmm. Nickel Bag with mm -hmm. Stevie Salas. That's a name after my own heart. Yes. Yeah. You know, Stevie <laughs> Salas and a bunch of great players. You know. And you're, you're, you're uh, Alvino Bennett. Uh, Alvino played here. Alvino. I love Alvino. I love Alvino. Um, well, we, Jeff Peabar. We have so, so many players that you've played with over the years mm -hmm. that I look back in the day in New York. Alvino and, and I, uh, when I, Alvino. you know, you know, when I, you know, years ago in the early days of me coming to Los Angeles, uh -huh. uh, we used to do a night. We did a night at uh, at the Mint, and uh, it was called Big Beat Sunday, but it was on a Monday. <laughs> Big Beat Sunday on a Monday I love with it. Alvino, Ivan Neville, oh. uh, myself. Uh, I think Wadi Wattel. Angus, uh, Angus Thomas. Uh, you still, you still like. I was supposed to come see you at the Mint like nine years ago. Oh. You, you still like, you still club around. Right? Yeah. Well, yes, yes. Well, well, that, that. Uh, the Wadi thing, thing. That that's a that's a different. Oh, that's a different. That's a different okay. thing. That's a different thing. Uh, uh, Big beat, Big beat Sunday was with Alvino oh. and mm -hmm. the thing that we do with the thing that I do with Wadi is mm -hmm. a totally different thing but you know kind of it's similar that it's all uh, you know all the musicians that are part of that is when we're not doing our day job like right. you know Wadi is not out with Stevie or mm -hmm. Tuggles not out with Fleetwood mm -hmm. Mac uh, or Rick uh, God bless him. Rick was playing with Neil Young. He was playing bass with Neil Young. Mm -hmm. So whenever we weren't doing those gigs, we would get together 
and we play on Monday nights. And it started out with just a few people by, you know, two, three years later, the freaking lines around the oh, block wow. and everybody <laughs> who comes to town wants to come, you know, Robert Cray has come. Um, uh, uh, I got so many names in my head. Um, and is this something that you guys still do? Or you do? We do not as often mm -hmm. as we used to. Because you guys are playing yeah, so Yeah, but we did, uh, we did one, I think, about a month ago. We did it in uh, Ventura County at a place oh. called Discovery. Okay. Yeah, well, I want to know where the next one is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Christina was at the... The Joint. At, at, at the Joint. Yeah. That's where we used to do that. Yeah. That was great. Rick Rosas. Is it Rosas? Yeah, yeah, yeah Rosas. That's yeah. right, Rick Rosas. Mm -hmm. The tribute, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were a standout. I heard you sing, and I made me turn around, that's for sure. Right <laughs> well, if you're going to do it, do it for real, and don't oh, do yeah. it. Yeah. When, when did, uh, when when did, did I cut yeah, my hair? Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, where's your hair? <laughs> About, what, four or five months ago? What, what mm -hmm. was the inspiration for that? I just wanted something different. Did you do something with it? No. What, the hat? Yeah. Yeah, it's in a bag in my drawer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of hair. It was a lot of, that's the third time that I cut it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's the third time I cut it. So. Are, you, are you starting to grow back now? Well, it's, well <laughs> it's starting to grow back, but I'm thinking about giving going again, maybe. Yeah? Yeah. I'm thinking. So, uh, fr from what I recall, when we first got in contact this go round, you're working on another solo. Oh, let's talk about the Burra a little. So now sure. the Burra is a hur is it a hurricane? The Burra is the Burra. A, it's like a hurricane force wind that blows off the Adriatic between Italy and Croatia. That's very specific. <laughs> okay, so now what makes that wind your wind? Um. I will, well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific it's win. not my win. <laughs> but what, what, why, why? Why did I call yes. the record the Bura? Yes. Because um, I was, uh, 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 I was, I went to Croatia to do some shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a few days off. And uh, one of the guys, one of the Croatian musicians said, hey, let me take you someplace. And I said, okay, well. She said, where you go? Where you? I'm like, where are you gonna take me? I'm gonna take you, you know, further south. Or we're gonna go to a place called Pula. I'd never been to Croatia, so mm -hmm. I, I wasn't familiar with any of these names. So on the way down there, we were going through a tunnel. Mm -hmm. And when we got inside the tunnel, the light started to flash. And so when we got out of the tunnel, he pulled over. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, what's happening? He said, you saw the lights. I'm like, yeah, what, what is that? He said, oh, man, it's the Buddha. And I'm like, oh, what the, what is that? <laughs> he said, wait. And this wind came. Oh, it so came you lived out through of it. nowhere. And it hit this, it hit the car, and it, the car oh. was doing like this. And then, <laughs> I guess the wind passed, and he looked at me, he said, this is the bird. <laughs> and he said, oh. he said, but Erna, this is small. Oh. Oh. He said, big Buddha, it takes the car over. Oh. 
Oh, and I, I, it was, I just seemed like it came out of nowhere. We're sitting there, and then that went hit it. And then it's gone? And the car started oh. doing like that. Oh my God. And then the wind went past, and the light stopped flashing, and we were able to continue. That's why I made the record. And that's kind of the way your music is. It kind of comes in. It kind of rocked me, shook me up, and then it's gone. But then I can listen to it again, which I really like. And I was totally wrong. I just remembered it's the letter that you do the reggae version of. Oh yes. Now, can't you hear me? Can't you? There is a yeah. can't you hear me? I, I, yes, I heard that, but but it was it's the letter it's which the letter. which I was around first. Box tops first go round. Mm -hmm. I remember that song when I was like in junior high. Um, yeah, you, you pick really tasty covers. And I love the fact that you said on every one of your records, you're always going to do a Stones cover. I will always do a Stones song. And, and that's... Uh, I spent a lot of years of my life uh, singing singing with them. So, yeah, it just makes sense that I would do a Stones song on anything that I do. I love that. So, so, the, so the CD that you're about to start working on? or Ooh, baby, it's done. Oh, it's done. It's done. So, so what can you sneak us about that? It's predominantly percussion, drums, and voice. Wow. Lenny Castro, Wilfredo Reyes, and Steve Jordan are on, I would say, 75 to 80% of the record is just Percussion, drums, and voice. Wow. And then there's maybe two or three other, I think maybe three other tracks uh, with uh, Vince Wilburn, Daryl Jones, um, Ray Parker Jr., George oh, Ray, Evans. Ray was on, was on my show a couple months ago. Ray is amazing. He is a he's please, please. sweet cat. And man, can he play? Can he play? It, it's it's it's. He sat and played the entire time we talked for an hour and a half. He was playing the entire time underneath. You know, it's funny because uh, a lot of people just have no idea. He's done. He's written every song in the world, right? <laughs> he's like written every or played song, on every or, song or, or played or, on every song in the world. But he's just written a lot of songs know. that I had yeah. no idea, and he's played on. Every song that I had no idea. And, and, I mean, his discography is... Oh, crazy. Like, it's, it's crazy, like you said. Yeah, he's crazy. It's crazy. It, I learned so much about him that I had no idea. Yeah, you know, it's, st it's, st it's funny to me that some people still only associate... Ghostbusters, right? Only associate him with <laughs> Ghostbusters. Right. It's like, man, you have no idea. Dear. Yeah, it's it's shocking. Oh, so things that he's so playing. what what would you call the? Does it have a genre? Uh, you, defy, <laughs> you defy genre in like your uh, your your two other soul. You, you cross genres all over. The place. Yes, because you know uh, it just made sense to me to not put myself in one bag. Okay. Uh, the bag that you know the bag that I. What that I wanted to put myself in, um, uh, not so easy for a brother. Not so easy for a brother playing rock and roll. <laughs> Ain't many of us out there. <laughs> Ain't sure. many of us out there playing rock and roll. You know, Living Color. Yeah. You know, Living uh, Lenny Kravitz. Mm -hmm. uh, Twenty Four Seven Spies. Mm -hmm. You know, 
It, the fact that you could just name three is kind of sad right there. <laughs> kind of says the story. You know, so but I just thought, you know, it. that's the genre that, you know, once I stop, once, once uh, you know, the dance music thing kind of mm. went past, you know, I was like, mm. I've always wanted, always, I'm always trying to push, mm -hmm. push the envelope or, you know, come up with something new. If you can even do that, which is why Tackhead was so attractive to mm -hmm. me. Uh, tack, again, Tackhead was so far ahead of its time. I, 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 yeah, let me, while you're talking, I'll try to pull and, something up uh, of Tackhead. You know, and, and uh, Nickel Bag, you know, mm -hmm. with Stevie Salas, you know. I mean, it was, the, it was great music at, um, at, the, at the perfect time. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was going to be... You know, I thought Nickelback. Which song should I play? Um, stealing. What's my mission now? Oh, stealing. I think is the one that I listen to. You no. Can play stealing, if you like. Um, okay. So wait. So. All right. Wait. Now I got to do all these things to make sound come out. It's so, all right, let me get into the song a little bit. That could be playing on the radio now, today. Right now, that right. could be playing on the radio. That's right. That is crazy. That's how far ahead of... That... Was that appreciated then? Uh, by not... By nobody. You know... By five people. By, you know... You know, Tag Hit was, a, you know, was an underground thing. It had been for a long time, mm -hmm. which uh, was part of the reason I joined the band. I think they thought if we had a, if they had a vocalist that we could bring it above ground mm -hmm. but I did I I didn't I'm glad it, it stayed what, true to what it was I didn't want to be part of Tackhead and become this commercial thing I wanted it to always be that edgy mm -hmm. you know loud industrial mm -hmm. funky thing that it was um, you know it's a shame that uh be nice if it could come back around because it, it, it did. It, it, this could absolutely, know. it could absolutely be playing on the radio absolutely today. Absolutely, there's, there's no doubt about you know, it. It's, you know, and it's funny. Um, um, I played a wedding for some friends uh, a few, well, not a few years ago, well, maybe seven, eight months ago, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm leaving the wedding, and I'm here, and I heard this track. And I'm like, I st it stopped me. I'm like, I know that track. And then it started playing. I heard myself singing. <laughs> it was, bef like I said, before the Peach Boys were the Peach Boys, we were called Snatch. And we did, and we did a recording of another brick in the wall, Pink Floyd. We did a groove version of the song. Oh, I got to find that. And the dance floor was jammed. <laughs> I was like, who knew to put that on to play that, it? That DJ 
I, he said, I'm like, where and why? He said, oh man, I heard this. Da, da, and I, he said, you don't, he said, I can't tell you how long it took me to find it. Wow. But he found it and he was playing it and it was working. Wow, I want to hear that. It was working. So, the brick in the wall. So, Bernard, if you had one thing left in your life to manifest that you haven't lived, is there some is is there a dream that hasn't been lived yet, or have you lived all your dreams to date? Because you've lived some pretty crazy things. Um, is there something ahead that you'd still that you still aspire to? Is there some? Is there a passion? Do you have a burning passion? Do you have something driving you? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I'm looking for the perfect song and the perfect groove still mm. still uh, music is still my passion well I do have a passion I don't know if you know this but uh, for a long time ever since I was a kid I've been a a, a wannabe falconer a falconer I don't know what that is. Is that a sports thing? Yeah, we know, hunting with prey, prey birds. Wow. And uh, um, this, this, uh, this year, That's, wow. this year when I was touring with the Stones, uh -huh. I actually got to fulfill that dream. I saw pictures somewhere. Yeah. I saw pictures with you. I got to fulfill that dream. I've been, I've been a fan of that since since I was a child. What, I mean, what, what sparked that for you? I don't know what it did. I think, you know, when I was a kid, there was a, uh, there was a book. There was a book that I read called uh, My Side of the Mountain. Mm -hmm. It was about a boy that got lost. I think he got lost in the, he got lost. Mm -hmm. And um, I think he met an old man in the woods who taught him how to train the bird to hunt for his food and it just stuck with me mm. and I'd buy books on you know I mean I could tell you just about everything about you know uh, uh, a falcon and how long it takes the eggs to hatch how long it takes for the egg to develop and it's just been a thing of mine so I think when I finish rock and rolling mm -hmm. I'll train pretty well are they are they uh, are they difficult to train? Are they are they wild or um, mm -hmm. yeah? yeah? They are wild. Mm -hmm. Can you get hurt? I would imagine. Uh, I guess you can get hurt doing just about anything. That's true. I don't think it's it's that dangerous unless you know they decide to put their talons in your face or in your eye or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So there's was, a, there's an that was one of the highlights of my life. Wow. Mia, you know, I took Daryl Jones with me. And Daryl said, you know what, man? He said, man, I could kiss you on the lips. <laughs> Which, uh, what an amazing time. We were out in the forest hunting. And it, it, it was with two Harris Hawks, and it was just, I, I can't wait to do it again. So what else you, okay, so. so fishing. Yeah? Love fishing. I like to fish too. What? Love fishing. Okay, like what type? Okay, it, what type? Any type. Okay, I like it in a boat. I like to be in the you boat. Like to be in the boat. I, I like to. I used to fish for flounder and deep boat. sea fishing. Yeah, I like yes, that. yes, yes. I like that too. So, do you? Did you ever do the? Did fly? You fly fishing? I've never yeah, done that. I've done that. Okay. I've done that. Uh, 
I've done that. A good I friend don't of mine. I see too many brothers me. out there fishing. Hey, man. I'm telling you. All hunting with birds. You don't yeah. see a lot of them yeah. doing that. All <laughs> playing rock and roll. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's true. You are not, yeah. you are not your typical. Yeah, no, you're not typical yeah. of anything. But all right. There's some things that you know that uh, you've, you've got to come and see. Well, all right, that's what I want to say. So, what, okay, so tell us what's coming up. So you can get the Bora. Um, the, the link is in the, is in my thing. It's on iTunes. It's in, on Amazon. It's all over the place. And I, 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 it's on heavy rotation in my kitchen. I gotta tell you. Um, let's see what's coming up. Yeah. Well, the solo record that's coming up. That, that Does it have a name yet, or that we know, can yes, know? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm calling it Inside Out. I like it. Inside Out, and uh, I will tell you, it is a spoken word record. You know I have a literary salon in this living room that 50 women, that I've been trying to get it's you to for eight years. You're coming. Yes, you're I, coming. I am coming. All right, 11 o'clock in the coming. morning, you're coming. I have witnesses. Um, spoken yes, word. it is a spoken word record. Uh, I'm and really, that's why I'm, there's all the percussion. And, I'm really excited about this one. That's like beatnik and... and oh, oh, yes. Oh. I, I am so excited about this record. And uh, what else is... Uh, when, when can we expect that? That will be um, uh, uh, the top of the spring. Okay. Top of spring. Okay. Uh, I got all the cover for it, everything. All the work is done. It just needs to be put together. And Have you printed out those um, those CD covers? Oh, no, not well. Because I... They printed it. Because, you know, well, if... Oh, you have a label to do that for you. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you have a label to do that. And uh, let's see, I, um, I've been working on a... Um, what label is it on? It's on um, uh, Orchard. Okay. Or Rhyme and Reason. Okay. Rhyme and Reason. And uh, I've also got a project uh, coming up that I've done with some of the guys in Tag Heads, uh, uh, Skip McDonald and Keith LeBlanc. Uh, this is called Chess Moves. Okay. And what it is, it's... Uh, we're redoing the chess catalog, the chess blues catalog. We're redoing the catalog. The catalog? Well, which we, we're going to try to do as much of it as possible. We, wow. we, we finished one, and we're getting ready to start on the second one. And, uh, you know, we're actually, you know, in contact with Marshall Chess about, you know, about this, about the project. So that'll be out sometime next year. Um, they both records have a home, thank God. Thank God. You know, it's rough out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see. Uh, at the end of this month, I'm doing um, I'm doing a thing called a Bowie celebration. And this is uh, Mike Garson, mm -hmm. Earl Slick, Carmine Rojas, all David Bowie alumni. Mm -hmm. And myself, I get to sing David Bowie with the guys that recorded and toured with him. Wow. Um, and where, where is this going to be? Uh, where, where, well, you touring around with it? Well, the end of this, this month, mm -hmm. uh, we're doing um, maybe five shows, uh, Riverside, um, Sacramento. It's about five shows towards the end of this month. Uh -huh. And then in January, February, and March, we're doing a tour. 
We do about 30 shows in Europe, and the next 30 will be around the States. And uh, again, it's called a Bowie celebration. Not, Not a celebrating David Bowie, because mm -hmm. there's something else come there's something else out there calling itself. Oh. So we don't want to get it confused. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. It's a Bowie celebration. Uh-huh. And we have all the Illuminati. I don't think they have any <laughs> Illuminati. Gotcha. <laughs> so just to be clear, if you want to hear it done right, you want to come see what we're doing. I want to. I want to come. Is it going to be in LA? In LA proper uh, I, I, I do think so. Well, Christina. Okay. I do think so. Yeah. Well, um, all the dates are online, so you could. I'll check it out. And mm -hmm. and how about you doing like a Monday night with Wadi? Is that that's something? that's always possible. Oh. Um, actually, I was speaking to a. Uh, the guy that um, that produced the Bura with me, uh, mm -hmm. fantastic guitar player by the name of Robert Davis. When I was talking to him uh, a couple of days ago about getting together and doing some doing some playing around mm -hmm. around the city, but you know it's just time, you know, yeah. it, you know, finding time, finding time to rehearse mm -hmm. because I don't like going out half-assed. It's mm -hmm. got to be Right, I know. I don't want yeah. no. Even if we're just having fun, yeah. I want to hear it played right. You know, I don't want. I don't want to go home and say, "Shit, man, uh, we should have practiced more. <laughs> if we'd have had two more rehearsals, no. I want to make. I, I just have. I'm just a uh, stickler that way. I just have to have. It's gotta. It's gotta feel right. It's gotta feel good. Well, I, I, I will. Uh, as soon as I hear about it, I will be there. It, it's killing me that you're in this house and you're not singing anything. It's killing me that you are in this house, sitting right next to me, and not singing anything. Well, I'm going to have to come on, uh, what, on that? Women Who Write. Women Who Write. I'll come with Robert, and we'll come play a couple of songs for you. Okay, well, all right, you heard it. Yes, I said it. Uh, he said it. I said it. You Robert Davis, I heard you. I hope you heard that. And you're doing that, with, you're going to do that for the new for the new music or for, for the borough? Well, I was, you know what, I was just going to bring Robert, and we were going to perform whatever. Uh, To That Self Be True. You know, you know I, if, if she's going down. I'm sorry, but if, if, you, if you sing that song live, it's, kind of, it's going to be all over for me. Well, it's, it's going to be, be all over, because we'll make sure we do. Oh, God. Sure. I, I can't even tell you how much I love that song. Mm. I just, I... I you know, that song is, I, that was just a demo I did for Frank. It's never been out, that song. You know, Jeff Craig told me today that he has a rough video of with Rick Roma, with, with of you guys doing the recording. Uh, he's got a video that he doesn't right. think you've ever seen. And he's right. So I'm going to get He's it. right. I'm I've never seen that. With Rick, that's right. Yep. That's right. Yeah, there's there's some footage. Wow. So, yeah, so I'll, I'm going to get that. But he didn't, I, I said to him, I want that footage. I Did he send it footage. to me? But I'll get it for you. Okay. I will get it for you. Wow. Um, Bernard, this has been, um, I, I feel like I know you for all these years. You're, you're easy. We've been talking. We've been talking and just trying to, again, finding the right time. The time is, I know, time is precious. But yeah. everything that, there is not one person that I have spoken about you with in the last dozen years who forget about your talent that's a given but you are so 
respected, loved, admired. Um, when Frank Housen said, give him my love and respect. Oh. And, and Jeff Crick said the same thing. Everybody, you are, Frank said you are a white light. Mm. You, you know, you're just, um, you're lovely. Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate that so much. My mama taught me well. She did teach you well. Yes, she did. And um, thank you so much for taking the time, no. driving across town, getting here. It no means worries. the world to me. I'm going to make that drive again. Okay, More you. sooner than later. <laughs> Come on, get the other side. Oh, we're, so, we're so British. Um, yes, uh, we are. Thank you, Christina Guzman, back Thank there. You. Thank you so Thank much. You Thank you, Jason Reed. Everybody out there, um, Bernard, thank you so much. Bernard Fowler and uh, the Bora, Thank get it. You. I'm Thank telling you. you, it is Thank fantastic. Thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate you for that. Thank Ooh. you so much. Um, we will be back next week with Game Changers with Judy Tenuta, an unbelievable Judy comedian. Tenuta. It could happen. <laughs> and that's her line. And also, in two weeks, we'll leave. Oh, like man. the greatest bass player. I that, just like, saw. I just. You, I just uh, had dinner with, with the boy's birthday. Yeah. I love Will. Um, my husband was on uh, was on Letterman with Will a million uh -huh. years ago. And then the week after that, Bob Castle is going to be here. Oh, and Bob and Waddy go back. Say hello oh, to him. Oh. I love him. He's a <sighs> sweetheart. Uh, and so, I mean, like the most. <laughs> yes. Yes. Super talented. Crazy. Oh man. Um, so we got Castles. a lot of good stuff coming up to awesome. look forward to. Oh man, you just get Yay! Star after star after star. <laughs> and you are the brightest one. Um, thank you so much, Bernard. See you thank next you week on the Game Changers. Bye,